Riders Radio Theater is on the air. And thank you, Texas Bix Bender, the voice that sold a million baby chicks over border radio. Yes, this is Ranger Doug, idol of American youth, welcoming you once again to Riders Radio Theater. And before we hit the trail in this episode, let me take just a brief moment, as I so often do, to introduce Riders in the Sky to you. Over to my left, that's your right as you gather around your Arvin Airmaster this evening, the young man who plays the string bass in our trio. We think of him as the Ellis Island of comedy. He's too slim. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, give me your poor, tired jokes, your muddled routines, and I'll do them for free. What do you say? Thank you, Slim. To my right, your left, <laughs> the king of the cowboy fiddlers, the Bermuda Triangle of comedy, where jokes just disappear. <laughs> Woody Paul! Woody, 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 Atlanta was a pretty funny town, actually. <laughs> Here's no, no laughing matter, though, Richard. <laughs> you can do that in Atlanta City. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's a man that's no laughing matter at all. The I Love American Youth, Ranger Doug. Thank you, and let us not forget our orchestra. The man who put humor back in humoresque. Joey, the cow polka king. <laughs> we now have a tune that combines the soulful singing of Woody Paul with some red-hot instrumental work, Ray Noble's classic Cherokee. Sweet Indian maiden, since first I met you, I can't forget you, Cherokee sweetheart. Child of the prairie, your love keeps calling. My heart enthralling, sweet Cherokee. 
Cherokee. Dreams of summertime, of lover time gone by, throng my memory so tenderly and sigh, my sweet Indian maiden. I long to hold you in my arms, fold you, sweet Cherokee. Two, three, four. Radio Theater will return following this important message. Partners, a few weeks ago, I introduced to you a remarkable low-cost plan that would not only provide some real relief to your family budget, but also a first-class college education for your children. I'm referring, of course, to the amazing offer of 100 live baby chicks for only $9.99. <laughs> well, the response, as expected, was overwhelming. Literally thousands and thousands of live baby chicks have been sent through the mail. But neighbors, I couldn't help but be disturbed by the large number of letters I've received saying things like, Texas Big Spender, we'd dearly love to buy you baby chicks, but in our neighborhood, they wouldn't stand a chance. It's just not a safe environment for them. Well, friends, I have to tell you, a neighborhood that's not safe for baby chicks is probably not safe for you either. <laughs> I bet right now you're turning to that loved one sitting beside you and saying, you know, honey, he's right, but what can we do? Well, don't despair. Take heart, because your good friends at the Del Rio Chicken Ranch are as concerned with this problem as you are, and they've come up with a foolproof way for you to guarantee the safety of your home, your family, 
and even those baby chicks. The answer, of course, is prairie dogs. Make that prairie guard dogs, nature's own early warning home defense system. Now, it's true that one of these tiny little creatures won't do you much good, but a whole colony of them is another story. Think about it, neighbors. Your home's surrounded by thousands of alert, sharp-eyed prairie guard dogs. Your yard, a patchwork of open holes that lead to a honeycomb of burrows that undermine every nook and cranny of your lawn. Now, that's stopping power. Here's a remarkable dramatization to illustrate my point. Someone's after the baby chicks, Ronnie. Oh, uh, Gaddafi's what? No, not Gaddafi. At least I don't think so. Somebody's after our baby chicks and heaven knows what else. Well, you woke me for that. <laughs> Just relax and go back to sleep, Monty. He won't get very far. See what I mean? I guess I better call the police and have them come by and pick up whoever that is before he breaks every bone in his body. Oh, Ronnie, the money we spent for our prairie guard dogs is the best investment we ever made. You can say that again, Nancy. Saddle pals, prairie guard dogs would be a bargain at any cost. After all, how can you put a price tag on peace of mind? But if you'll act now, we'll send you an even baker's dozen of these little prairie Dobermans for only $9.99. That's right, only $9.99. But folks, here's the real beauty of this offer. A dozen plus one is all the prairie guard dogs you'll ever need to buy. Because like all of nature's little critters, they love to multiply. So in no time at all, you'll find you have lots more than you'll ever need for your own personal protection. What you do then is divide your colony. As a matter of fact, about every six weeks, you'd better divide your colony. And share your little dividends with your friends and neighbors who live nearby. Why, in no time at all, your whole neighborhood will be one big prairie guard dog uh, town and as safe as your own backyard. Now, I know by now you're pretty sure your home needs a colony of these little prairie policemen. But hold on to your hats, because here's the clincher. From the time you get your prairie guard dogs, you'll never have to spend one penny on pet food. Because, as you probably suspected, they live off the land. $9.99 is all they'll ever cost you, so order today. We ship them to you in plain brown carton with a little air holes in them. It's delivered right to your door by a uniformed agent of the federal government. To, ha to order, have your Visa Albanian Express or MasterCard ready and call 1-900-ON-GUARD. And it's not a toll-free call. And now, here again are America's favorite cowboys, Riders in the Sky. Thank you very much. Well, it's time to do a song here, and we'd like to dedicate it to a lady who wrote into us called Miss Honey Bee of St. Thomas, Pennsylvania, a loyal Riders radio theater listener and poet. Say, Miss Honey Bee, you say? Mm hmm. There's a blue moon rising on the lone star horizon. By a dusty trail, a sleepy campfire flames. She'll be heading for Wyoming. As the day breaks, I'll be roaming on the big wide open range. I can see. Don't. 
Presentation of Mammoth Radio Pictures in association with WPLN Productions. This show is being taped live at the Tennessee Performing Arts Center in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> and now, Riders Radio Theater presents the ongoing saga of the Cowboy Way. Tonight, episode 10 of the exciting Western melodrama Curse of the Lost Goldscra. As faithful listeners will no doubt recall, in a rigged election, the arch-villain Slocum has become acting mayor of Tumbleweed City. And that's not the half of it, right, Charlie? <laughs> Which half, boss? <laughs> he then stole the lost gold script from a time biscuit baked 125 years ago by Side Meat's great-grandfather. In its place, Slocum substituted a fake, which appeared to be a map to lost gold. This led riders in the sky on a wild, wild goldscrest chase deep into the desolate, superstitious mountains. But not content merely to get the riders out of the way, Slocum sent Charlie after them with a crate of huge killer bees. The riders eluded the killer bees by jumping off a cliff. And later that night around the campfire, Side Meat related his great-grandfather's dying words to him. Well, I was just a little scudder, and he calls me over and whispers in my ear. He says... You gotta bring us home. You gotta clear my name. Look in the biscuit. Find the lost gold. <laughs> Meanwhile, Slocum was revealing to Charlie that Tumbleweed Valley had seceded from the Union back in 1858 and had never been readmitted. So as acting mayor, this place is mine. <laughs> and I'm gonna make it what it was always meant to be. The epicenter of evil in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Then at the end of our last episode, Riders in the Sky finally returned from their wild goldscrest chase to find the sun sinking low behind the, a vastly different Tumbleweed City skyline. Oh, I never know there were 30-story buildings in Tumbleweed City. And, and, and look, that huge electric sign just coming on. It says, <gasps> Welcome, Welcome to Slot City. Oh no, is this the oh. end of Riders in the Sky? Time to find out, Too Slim, as we now present episode 11 of Curse of the Lost Goldscrest. Entitled, How You Gonna Keep Them Down on the Ranch After They've Seen Slot City. 
As riders in the sky gallop through the deepening dusk towards the bright lights of Slot City, they come upon a horse-drawn wagon loaded down with a sad-looking family and their household possession. Whoa, whoa, Turbo, whoa, boy. Whoa, whoa, now, whoa. Say, it's Pete Summerall who runs the Friendly Ace Hardware Store. Howdy there, Pete. Uh, howdy, boys. Uh, what's going on, Pete? How come you and your family are leaving? Uh, it's not just us who's leaving. Matter of fact, we're the last ones to go from the old town. What? Why? Why is everybody leaving? Well, for one thing, taxes. Slocum's raised property taxes so high, no one running an honest business can pay them. People have lost their homes and businesses left and right. He's got it all now. Gosh, that's terrible. Well, we wouldn't have stayed anyway. Place ain't fit for decent folks to live in, no how. Tumbleweed Valley? Why, what do you mean, Pete? Well, it's nothing like it used to be, Ranger Doug. The library's only open ten minutes a week. <laughs> Community center's all closed, the landfill's full, and there's no trash pickup, and worst of all, there's no public radio. What? what? Gosh, Ranger Doug, we gotta do something. And so we will, Woody. Pete, can you yeah. get in touch with all the other town folks and tell them that Slocum's days here are numbered? Can't do, Ranger Doug. Thanks. Come on, boys, let's ride. Ride for it, boys. And the riders do ride, but they have barely reached a full gallop when suddenly a uniformed man steps from the shadows of a small guardhouse and drops a long black and white striped pole across their path. Whoa, 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 now, whoa. You boys just hold it right there. Oh, what in tarnation? What's going on here, Sheriff Drywall? This is customs, and you got to stop. Well, well, I do declare. That's better. Now, what is it that you declare? Eh? Why, that this is customs. Well, I know that. Of course it is. <laughs> well, then why the dingbusters did you ask me then? Oh, stop us now, okay? Now, now, are you all transporting any fruits, vegetables, or copies of the Bill of Rights? Uh, nope. How about firearms? Well, well, no, we're not. We don't believe you can solve problems with a gun. It's too often the easy way. Well, in that case, sir, you'll, you'll be needing these. Here. Uh, wow, this is an Uzi. Gosh, an AK-47. These What's are the meaning of this? Rifles. What is the meaning of this? Well, the way things are in this country, it's only fair to give them to you. Thanks, but no thanks. We have our own ways of dealing with trouble. It may not always be the easy way, but it's, it's the, the cowboy's cowboy way. Come on, boys, let's ride. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Slot City, the night time is the right time for Slocum's work day to begin. Thus we find him high atop the breathtakingly ghost Golden Calf Casino in the tastelessly plush penthouse that overlooks the neon air-conditioned nightmare that was once the straight and narrow town of Tumbleweed City. <laughs> Charlie, turn the air conditioning up. I just read in USA Today that cooler temperatures make 65% of us more prone to make bad bets. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, boss. Hey, I got a funny story for you. Oh, yeah? What is it, Charlie? Yeah, I was just down in the casino and saw this sweet little white-haired grandma type of lady. And she, <laughs> yeah? she was down to the last quarter of her life savings. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> well, everybody's down there trying to talk her into saving it for a bus fare, you know? Yeah? She wouldn't listen to him. Oh, yeah? She puts it right there in the million-dollar payoff slot machine <laughs> we've got down there. And guess what? <laughs> don't, don't tell me she... She lost, right? <laughs> well, that's the Slotsville way. Right, <laughs> right Charlie? Slotsville way. <laughs> well, we could sit around gloating all night, Charlie, but uh, I got work to do. I got people to see. <laughs> Tell me who's waiting outside to uh, see there's me. There's a long line, boss. Uh, yeah. Leona Helmsley, a guy named Pete Rose. Oh, yeah. It is at that moment that the ornate penthouse doors burst open and... Oh! Riders in the sky! Slocum! Slocum. 
What, what have you, you done, done to, to our, our town? town? Your town? <laughs> Wake up and smell the air-conditioned neon nightmare, boys. <laughs> this here's my town. Slocum, stop mixing your metaphors. Uh? What do you mean by this is your town? Don't you boys read Time magazine? Here, have a look at this week's cover. That's me on it. You can see what it says. <laughs> Man of the year? Nice, huh? I guess you're wondering how that came about. Well, it's a long story. That's why it's in the magazine. Take it home and read it with my compliments. Now get out of here. I got work to do. Charlie, show him the door. Right. It's this thing over here, fellas. See? Yeah. It's got this... no, Charlie, right. just open the darn thing. Let him out. Right. We're going, Slocum. But you'll be hearing from us again. Anytime. Let's go, boys. Charlie? I don't want to hear from them ever again. Oh, should I get you an unlisted number, boss? No, 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 you idiot. Listen up tight. I'm going to open up a new landfill. <laughs> Charlie, how'd you like to make some easy money? <laughs> yeah, boss, now you're talking something I know about. First we'll get some plates and then the right kind of paper. We'll get huh? some cheap presses and we can no, use a no, newspaper. No, 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 we're not counterfeiting, Charlie. Oh. We don't have to. It's our country now. <laughs> Yeah, right. We're going to confiscate the Triple X Ranch and make it a landfill. <laughs> the first thing I want it filled with are the bodies of the riders in the sky. <laughs> and there's a big fat bonus if you pull it off. That's the easy money I'm talking about. Get me? Right, landfill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get going. And while you're doing it, I'll draw up a document to make it legal. <laughs> sure, boss. Oh, by the way, Charlie, obviously the killer from the last episode, the killer bees didn't work. Do you by any chance know what uh, happened to him? No, boss, I don't. You did release him like I told you to. Of course I did, boss. Well, you better take a can of Raid with you. They're liable to turn up somewhere, and we don't want them scaring the suckers off, right? Right. See you, <laughs> Slocum. Meanwhile, unaware of the evil plot unfolding around them, riders in the sky have returned to the famed old Triple X Ranch. And now, after a sumptuous meal of biscuits and beans, they're gathered around the kitchen table as Ranger Doug prepares to read from the Time magazine with the odious cover. Yeah, I can't make out this chicken scratching, Ranger Doug. What's this daggone thing say, anyway? Well, it's this long story. He came out of nowhere. Let me see how that goes. Wait a minute, Ranger Doug. We don't have to waste time reading all that. Look, here's a three-color chart that lists all the highlights. Oh, wow, look, that's neat. Yeah, it's... It's shaped like a little ladder. And oh, yeah. The first rung there says uh, Slocum finds mysterious document in Time Biscuit. He presents it to the federal government and claims it's proof that Tumbleweed Valley seceded from the Union in 1858. Yeah, and then huh. Slocum gets an injunction that allows him to proceed to set up his own country while the courts decide its legality. Well, Slocum gets a HUD grant for $100 million to build plush casinos. Well, this explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it sure does. What does it explain, Ranger Doug? Well, that Slocum forged that map and sent us on a wild gold skirt chase so he could get us out of the way while he created this modern-day Gomorrah. <gasps> That's right! He hornswoggled us! He hoodwinked us! He bamboozled us! He drove us to the brink of the garden path! He took us up on a limb and cut off the... Dump. He just did... Holy Slim. What? I just heard something outside. What? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the prairie guard dog. It sure is, side meat. Well, I better go outside and, and, and take a look-see. They don't bark like that unless something's after their baby chicks. Boy, those prairie guard dogs are really disturbed. I wonder what it can be. We'll know in a minute. Boys, come quick. There's something with huge headlights, 15 feet tall, coming at us. Oh. Hold on, side meat. We're coming. Come on, let's go outside. 
We sure do, side me. Woody, what in the world are those things? Ranger Duck, those are diesel engines. And from the frequency of the piston vibrations, I'd say they're huge D10 caterpillars. Sounds like a whole fleet of them, Ranger Duck. They're coming out of the north right at us. Well, let's head south. They're coming from the south, too. And the east and the west. Oh, boys, we're surrounded. Oh, no. Is this the end of Riders in the Sky? Is this the end of Riders in the Sky? Is the famed old Triple X about to become a landfill for Slot City? What did happen to those killer bees? To find out the answers to these and many more questions, tune in next week for the next exciting chapter of Mystery of the Lost Goldscra. It's spine-chilling, blood-and-thunder, cliff-hanging excitement you won't want to miss. It's episode 12 entitled, Attack of the Killer Caterpillar. Coming next week to this, Theater of the Mind. And now, here again, our riders in the sky, enjoy the Calpoca King. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, buckaroos and buckarettes. Turns out we have a little bit of time for a classic of the West. Let's do a verse or two of Stan Jones' Great Cowpoke. What do you say? Sounds good to me, Ranger Doug. I'm lonesome but happy, rich but I'm broke, and the good Lord knows the reason I'm just a cowpoke. From Cheyenne to Douglas, the ranges I know I drift with the wind, no one cares where I go Ain't got a dime in these old wore-out jeans So I'll stop eating steak and I'll go back to beans I'll pick up a ten spot in Prescott, I know. I'll ride in the Bronx and the big rodeo. There you go, a little bit of the old cowboy. We want to remind you all to tune into this same station, same time next week for another thrilling adventure of Riders Radio Theater. But until we do, speaking for Two Slim. Speak for me, Ranger Doug. Speaking for Woody Paul. Speak for me too, Ranger Doug. And for Joey the Cowpolka King. This is Ranger Doug, Idol of American Youth, saying from all of us to all of you, So long, saddle cow. For more information on Riders in the Sky, the fabulous Two Slim Mercantile, the Riders in the Sky International Fan Club, Roger Riders Radio Theater, Post Office Box 277, White Street, Tennessee, 37189. And please don't forget to mention the station you're listening to. Riders Radio Theater was conceived, written, produced, and directed by Riders in the Sky, along with yours truly, Texas Pitchman. Our flight commander is David Skeffner. The production foreman is Campfire Bird. Our sound effects wrangler is Big Zeno Clinker. For WBLM Productions, the executive producer is Blazing Brenda Loftus. Producer is Judy Left. The recording engineers are Cactus Carl Peterson and Tombstone Tom Knox, along with hoedown Hank Fennel. Station manager is Alkali Alvin Bolt. Goodbye, Saddle. See you next week, Saddle Pals, on Riders Radio Theater.